Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis, alongside me, as always, is the great Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, pal? Hey, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. How you doing? One day closer to March Madness, I'm doing real well. Yeah. Have you uh, filled out your bracket yet or not? No, no, not no, 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 no. You can't do that. can't huh? do that. No, no. The brackets won't even be announced for, oh, let's see, two weeks, two weeks uh, yesterday. Did you fill out the bracket I sent you? <laughs> that was a goodie. The, the, uh, the, the, the what is it? The March Madness Pope bracket? I said the, the Sweet Sistine. I like that man. The Sweet Sistine. Yes, yes. Well, the sad part is though, how many people are actually filling that and putting money down out in Vegas? <laughs> what we deem as a joke, other people will make a lot of money off of. What I loved, what I loved was the regions were broken out by sections of the of the world. That was so, great. Where would the next pope come from? Would it come from the, you know, the Americas? Would it come from North South America? Would it come from, you know, Africa? You know, uh, it was wonderful. Well done. Well done. Should we uh, should we bet on that as well, Mike? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> should we throw out a picture of who, who we think is going to be? The- I, I, I think I'm going to reserve judgment on all of that. Um, <laughs> I'm a superstitious sort there, uh, uh, Jonathan. So I. Uh, <laughs> Great. I think I'll I think I'll I think I'll hold off on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm with you on that one, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get to everything today, we have a uh, really really good show lined up. We'll be joined by producers Chris Braun and Johnny. Uh, excuse me, Joe Unitas, which is legendary quarterback uh, Johnny Unitas' son, for a feature film that they're doing called Unitas We Stand, which is uh, basically based on the life of Johnny Unitas. Yeah, it's, uh, due, out, it's due out next year, from what year. I'm from what I'm hearing here. Yeah, it's actually uh, based off of Tom Callahan's best-selling book, Johnny U, The Life and Times of Johnny Unitas. Uh, a lot of people working on this, Mike. Uh, you know, they really are. You know, the screenplay was uh, written by Joe Unitas as well as Nick Slatkin. It's produced by Joe. Chris Brown, who's going to be here with us. Oli Sasson, Steven Sc- uh, Scafidi, and it's also a Ghostwriter Pictures Unitas Braun production. So a lot of people working on this, man. I'm you know, really looking forward to talking to Joe and Chris about this film and uh, actually – Really looking forward for it to come out next year. So. Oh yeah, this this, this going to be interesting. Very very interesting stuff. I was reading a lot through it this morning, and I'm uh, I like you. I'm looking forward to to having both of them on. Yeah, we like to have people on here that are doing uh, feature films and documentaries about uh, sports figures. Uh, yeah. uh, we had Nate Bellamy on here talking about the, uh, Renaissance Men and the feature film that he's doing along with Danny Glover yep. of Danny Glover Productions, and uh, now we got. Chris Braun and Joe Unitas to join us, and uh, we'll also talk to Joe about, uh, you know, growing up in the Unitas household and, you know, all, all that other great stuff. So we'll be real interesting. But before we do that, let's uh, real quick do our hat trick picks here. Mike, NHL, excuse me, hattrick.nhl.com. Three questions. If you get it right, you get a hat trick. I'm leading you two to one still. Um, so, Mike, let's see if you can catch up to me today. I'm going to throw out some, uh, you know, these three questions for you, and let's get your answers, all right? Not a chance I'm going to catch up, but that's all right. Go ahead. Probably not, but who knows. <laughs> anyway, which team will win tonight between the, the New Jersey Devils and the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I'm going with the home team. I'm going to pick the Maple Leafs. Going the Leafs as well. 
Uh, will the Penguins score a power play goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight? Well, uh, they've scored 23 power play goals in 22 games. Uh, so if we use that as our benchmark, I am actually saying yes. Yes, I am going yes as well. Which team will win tonight between the Anaheim Ducks and the Phoenix Coyotes? Well, you'd have to tell me, Jonathan. I, I checked this one out. I don't understand it. Uh, Phoenix is favored uh, on the line. Uh, the only thing I can think that they're doing that is because it's a home game, but I'm going with the Ducks. I'm going with the Ducks as well, although I could see the Coyotes win it, but I'm going to stick with Anaheim here. So, yep. once again, we either fly together, Mike. <laughs> yeah, or we die together. We we're, die together. Because, more than uh, more. What is that, the third day in a row now that we're picking the same picks? I think so. I think so. It just goes to show you what kind of experts we really are. Yeah, well... I used to be an expert, Mike. Now I'm, old. I'm not an expert no more. So, All right, man, but before we get into uh, talking about the uh, amazing Chicago Blackhawks, Mike, yeah. first segment here today in sports. What's going on? Well, hey, how about this one? I think you're going to like this. Uh, 42 years ago today, 1970, the uh, New York Rangers set an NHL record. Uh, you know, and this is kind of beautiful. It ties in. You know, we're going to talk about the Blackhawks here in a moment. Uh, but the New York Rangers in 1970 set an NHL record of 126 games without being shut out. 126? Yeah. Wow. That was in 1970. Very nice. I like that. So, there's our Today in Sports trivia, very. and it's right up your line. I love that, man. Especially when it has something to do with the New York Rangers. That makes me very happy, Mike. Yeah. Makes me a happy guy. All right, well, let's stick with the NHL here, and let's talk about this Blackhawk streak, Mike, because uh, Amazing. Amazing. Uh, you know what? I was sitting around painting yesterday, and you're texting me all these, uh, you know, updates yeah. of these scores. And, uh, you know, I couldn't believe that they were down one nothing with, what, just like maybe, what, six minutes left in the game? Well, actually, there were two minutes remaining in the game when they actually scored their first goal, which tied the game at 1-1. And that I really, place, really right? thought, as I was watching now, I'm going, oh, this is it. We're going to see the whole thing go down today. Uh, and, and Detroit played them, uh, you know, very, very well, as, as usual. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Howard, just incredible. Um, uh, the, the whole thing was set up, <laughs> interestingly. And, you know, I'd love to get your, your, your spin on it and your, your read on it. Uh, it was set up by a power play uh, because the goal was scored on a power play. Yeah, Patrick Kane uh, with an assist from uh, Victor Stahlberg. Correct. Um, the, 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 the penalty was delay a game for flipping the puck out of the rink. Yeah. Now, the puck actually ended up in the penalty box, but it, of course it flew out over the crowd for a second and then back into the penalty box. Yes. I, I, to, to me, you know, and look, I'm not taking anything away from Chicago's win yesterday. It was, it was incredibly exciting. I just hate that stinking penalty. Yeah, I'm not, you know what, I've never been too happy about that penalty. I, I don't like it at all. Um, I, I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. If it's something that is intentionally done, exactly, I say you call a penalty. But if it's something where a guy's trying to hit the board, yeah, it goes over or you know whatever. In that case, I don't think it should be called. I think the ref should be a little bit more lenient with that. But at the same time, you know, it is it is a rule, and uh, you know, Chicago Blackhawks did win this game, uh, you know, in, in a legit way. So obviously, yes. Now, and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from the fact that Chicago won it. I just positively hate that penalty. Now, the crazy thing was they scored the power play goal uh, as a result of the uh, as a result of the uh, uh, delay game. Yes. And don't you know they end the game with a power play 
uh, on another call immediately after the uh, after they scored the power play goal, they called Detroit again for uh, delay a game for shooting the puck out of out of the arena. Really? Yep. Wow. Because the uh, the power play uh, extended over into the overtime session, which ended up that there was no goal in that, and in fact, uh, in the end, Patrick Kane won the game uh, in the shootout. Really? Yep. I see. I I didn't know that. I totally missed that. So. Yep. Yep, the, oh. the game was won in the shootout. The Blackhawks won the game in overtime, uh, and it was Patrick Kane on one of the most bizarre-looking shootout goals i got to be honest I've ever seen. Well, you know what? He got the power play goal to tie it up, and uh, he got the game-winning goal in the shootout. So. Yes. 19-0-3 now, Chicago Blackhawks. 41 points on the season, Mike. Uh, you kind of thought that the uh, Red Wings are going to take it this week, and you said I, it on Friday. So I really – and listen, I thought – I mean, you know, like I said, watching the game yesterday, you got two minutes remaining in the third period, and they're down one nothing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there – I mean, obviously, the, the most compelling part of the whole thing was you're sitting there because you want to know whether they're, in fact, going to win it or not. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and the whole – and, and I gotta be honest, I, a little bit of me was rooting for the Blackhawks to win it. Uh, I was rooting. Oh, because you know what, you want to see it go. You know, yeah. It's it, you know what, it really is a great story right now. I mean, honestly, who would have thought that the Blackhawks would be nineteen zero and three right now this far into the NHL season? Nobody. Right. Nobody. Nobody at all. Uh, one of the interesting tidbits from that game yesterday was uh, both teams had thirty three shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Corey Crawford and Jimmy Howard both had 32 saves with a 970 save percentage. It's pretty cool to see uh, duplicate stats there for both goalies in one game. So. Crawford, Crawford was uh, like like Howard at the other end. They were both absolutely amazing. Yeah, and look, you know, Crawford just coming back from that injury as well. So yep, that definitely helped them. So you know, kudos to the Chicago Blackhawks and the Joel Quenville. Phenomenal job. You guys just continue to keep getting just it done. Keep rolling. They just keep rolling. And I'm trying to see when do they play again? Probably tomorrow night. They're not playing tonight. Uh let me pull up tomorrow's schedule if my browser will move, which it's not, so maybe you can check that one. <laughs> I gotta get you a new browser or something. Uh, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Hold they on. actually play again uh Tuesday night against the Wild at eight thirty. So uh yeah, and look for wild- another one. The Wild are not a bad team. So. No, they're not. They're not. But I think the Blackhawks are a lot better than what the Minnesota West. You know what? Especially if Ryan Sutter keeps knocking pucks into his own goal like he did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mike. Real quick, uh, before we get to our guests, uh, Joe Unitas and Chris Brown, let's talk a little NBA quick because we had a lot of big games yesterday. Um, Heat and Knicks went down to uh, you know the final minutes there. Heat walked away with a 99-93 win. Uh, a game Knicks should have, easily could have won. But they didn't. Uh, Thunder and Clippers. Thunder beat the Clippers 108-104, to Mike. Very, very good game there. Um, let's see. Let's go down. Pistons again. Uh, excuse me. Spurs with a, a, a just a, an incredible win, 114-75 to mm-hmm. over the Detroit Pistons. Pistons have been horrible this year, but Spurs continue their streak. They're 47-14 on the season. Uh, Pacers and Bulls, another good game yesterday. Both fighting it out for the uh, same division there. Pacers walk away with a 97-92 to win over the Chicago Bulls. Lakers now thirty and thirty on the season at five hundred. Uh, barely won against the Atlanta Hawks yesterday, ninety nine to ninety eight. Right. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem that the Lakers could get going, Mike. Uh, no, I, I mean we talked about it all season long. Um, I'll tell you though, uh, Jonathan, the one that really jumped out at me uh, was was the, the, uh, from yesterday's game. The one that jumped out to me, uh, the the, the uh, Heat winning their fourteenth in a row. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean. It, it, wow! 
Yeah. This team is just they're they're just pouring it on at this point. Yeah. Well, you know what? And 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 I'll and I'll tell you this right now. Watching that game yesterday, I had to change my mind. I can easily see a team like the Knicks going seven games with the Miami Heat. There's one thing that needs to be changed though. Mike Woodson, phenomenal coach. I like what he's doing with this team. Unfortunately, he made a lot of mistakes at the end of the game yesterday. They played incredible in that first half. The Knicks. They looked like they were about to cruise to an easy win over the Miami Heat in the first half. But, of course, there's always a second half. Mike Whitson went with trying to match up against the Miami Heat mm-hmm. instead of making the right moves and making Miami match up with the New York Knicks. Um, J.R. Smith, too many three-pointers. Carmelo Anthony taking one shot in the final six minutes of the game. Final five minutes of the game, Amare Stoudemire on the bench when... Everybody knows the Heat are not good in the paint defensively. Okay. Big mistakes there. It was only, uh, you know, you know, uh, what was it, a five-point win or, or, or a six-point win, excuse me. So, uh, you know, if the right calls were made yesterday, Mike, I could have easily have seen the Knicks win this game. But, unfortunately, uh, a lot of mistakes from uh, Mike Whitson there. But I'm not going to discount that. He played like – he played the second half great. So they took over. And that's what you need to do as a great team. You need to exploit – the mistakes of your opposing team and what the coach does, and that's what Miami did yesterday, 43-14 and 14 now in a season. Nonetheless, you feel that they could hold their own in a seven-game series against the Heat. If, you know what, what teams are trying to do, and it's a big, big mistake, they're trying to match up with the Miami Heat instead of making the Miami Heat match up with them. Okay. And I think that is a big, big mistake. Uh, you know, 21 minutes for Amari yesterday – uh, you know, uh, J.R. Smith was three for fourteen from three point. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get him out if he's chucking up that much. You got to get him out. You got to go with somebody else. Um, you know, they had some bigger plays that they could have used. Kenyon Martin sitting on the bench. I know he's not in game shape yet, but they're bad defensively and offensively in a paint Miami. Throw Kenyon Martin out there. You know, you got to do something. You know, keep Chandler in. Throw Amari. Uh, excuse me, Amari in at the power forward spot. You know, push players down, Amon Chumper, put him down to shooting guard. You know, just a lot of mistakes yesterday, Mike. You know, just a lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, we can, like, you know, like I said, we can easily see, uh, you know, the Knicks taking uh, Miami to seven-game series. Will they win? Who knows? But I think that they can hold their own against them. All right. Okay. You know, they showed it yesterday, Mike. So. All right. Now, let, let's go over and take a look at the Lakers for one second. Uh, they, they're, they've won two in a row. We've seen some improvement from them in the past couple of weeks. We brought it up. Yes. Uh, they're still 12 games behind uh, in the Pacific Division. Uh, you've got El- you got the Clippers, then you got uh, the Warriors ahead of them in the Pacific Division. Uh, is-, is there any hope at this point? For the Lakers? Yeah. No. Um, if they continue to keep playing the way they're playing, you know, win two, lose two, win two, lose two, you don't gain any ground that way. Right. You know, they need to go on a really, really good streak of winning games, even if they go up to something of winning three or four, losing one, winning three or four, losing one. That's uh, honestly right now, that's their only hope. I, I just don't see it. I don't see them catching up to Golden State, let alone catching up to Los Angeles. So, I'm, I'm just looking at the box score from uh, yesterday's Lakers game. Dwight Howard jumping out at me, 5-12 uh, field goals. Uh, yeah. 11 points, uh, yeah. played 41 minutes. Uh, I don't think that's what they were looking for from uh, 
from Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, like I said, just don't like him, man. Just don't like him. So. Yeah, that's uh, not looking. Uh, that, that, that doesn't exactly look like an all-star performance. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I guess you know what we like to talk about the Lakers here, so we'll be talking about them more in the future, Mike. So. Absolutely. All right, but let's get over to our guests right now. Um, first, we'll bring in Joe Unitas. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Hey, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it, man. We appreciate having you on. And also, let's bring in your uh, you know, fellow producer here, in, uh, Chris Braun. Chris, how you hey, doing? how are you guys doing? Very, good very good, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we, you know, we really, really appreciate you guys joining us today and taking the time out of your busy schedule. Uh, so right off the bat, uh, you know what, I'm going to throw this at Joe first. Joe, United We Stand featured film. It revolves around the life of your father, legendary quarterback, Johnny Unitas, that everybody knows. And if you don't know, you're not a football fan. You never have been. Wow. So, so honestly, you know, tell us a little bit about this movie that's being made. Well, it's really the uh, the backstory of my dad's life. It covers his um, his early days from age five until twenty five. Uh, you know, you can go online and look up all the stats and, and video and stuff if if you want to see that. But I I really wanted to tell the story of the things that he went through as a young man, uh, even a young boy. You know, constantly being told no, you can't play, you're too small, you're not good enough, whatever it may be, and him having that single mindedness not to listen to anybody and and overcome all, all those objections and you know, ultimately reached his goal that he set in second grade of becoming a professional football player and you know, ultimately going on to become one of the uh, greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's, that's amazing. A, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Now tell you know because you're bringing up stuff that you're right. That's not in the stats that we read. Uh, t- tell me, by the age of 25, where was your father at the age of 25? the age of 25, they had just beaten the New York Giants in what people call the greatest game ever played, the, the first sudden death overtime uh, championship. And so that would have been the 1958 game? That's correct. Okay. All right. So he had, he was you know just a few years into his career with the Baltimore Colts. Uh, they won that game, and that's pretty much you know what launched him on to the uh, you know the national the national uh, you know, scale, I guess, for, for everybody to, to know who he was, but also really football, because up until that time, professional football um, you know, was kind of number three, and that was behind baseball and college football. And Not then, yet. you know, ha- having a national broadcast for a championship game that went into overtime in New York City, uh, and he, you know, was kind of the, he was obviously the MVP of the game, so so everything came together and you know, kind of laid, laid the foundation for what we see today as far as professional football goes. So this is going to take us all through the collegiate years where he, he desperately wanted to play for Notre Dame. That's right. Tell, tell us a little bit about from what you read. I mean, when you rem- your father must have talked to you about some of this stuff, I would think. So what was what was what were his sentiments about trying to get onto that Notre Dame team and then ultimately not getting that opportunity? Uh he as far as you know, like you said, Notre Dame was his ultimate goal. That was you know, his number one school that he wanted to go to, but they wouldn't take him because he was they said he was too small, that he'd get hurt. But the main thing that I always remember him telling us about, you know, college is he wasn't the best student. You know, coming up. So he always stressed to me and my younger brother and sister, you know, with, you know, without your academics, you've got nothing. So 
that should be the number one thing because actually after he got rejected by Notre Dame, there were two other schools that he got rejection letters from, and they were purely based on his academic standing. Okay. So that was that was his story to us, you know, growing up. <laughs> no matter how how good you are as an athlete, if you don't have the grades, you can kiss it goodbye. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's something we always tell people. And uh, Mike, you know, we have Willie Burton on to uh, tell these kids, you know, oh, education yeah, is a must. All the time. Right. Yeah. Education is a must to get into, uh, you know, pro, you know, pro sports, let alone football or anything else. So, uh, you know what? Let's talk about this film just a little bit, and then we'll get back into, uh, you know, you know, talking to Joe about growing up with, you know, a legendary quarterback. Uh, Chris, this is for you. Um, wh- you know, what are we going to see from this film? Is, is there going to be you know, is this going to be something that's going to be on the big screen? Is this going to be something that is going to be a DVD release? You know, what's going to be going on with it? Oh, no, this is definitely a big screen feature film. I mean, we are we are going to be having a documentary that accompanies the feature. But, yeah, we're, we're our hopes are big-time feature film. It's a great story based on a great script by Joe Unitas and his writing partner, Nick Slacken. I mean, they wrote a great story based on the book by Tom Callahan, Johnny Yu. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's some really good stuff in here. And what attracted me to it, and I was very lucky to meet Joe and very lucky that Joe brought me on, and very fortunate, obviously. Um, what attracted me to the whole project was, John, I mean, I'm a sports chunky myself. I love sports. I mean, Johnny yeah. Unitas, you know, I, I knew Johnny Unitas. And I, I didn't know his backstory as well, so when I read that, I was very intrigued. But I think that this movie is bigger than sports, and it's in a way it's almost bigger than Johnny Unitas. This movie is about... Uh, the way things used to be done in this country, the way people worked hard, they never gave up. Um, I mean, we're talking never giving up. When you see this movie, you're going to see about a man that just never gave up, a young man that never gave up. A lot of real horrific things did happen to him, and a lot of things that would have knocked a lot of people down on their rear end. He kept going. He persevered. And everybody now knows, oh, Johnny Knight is the great quarterback. There was a lot of hard work and perseverance to get where he got. Yeah. Yeah. And now, what's the uh, filming like for this movie? Have you begun filming? Will you begin filming? When is it going to start going on? Um, Joe can jump in on that, too. But we're in development, which means uh, we, have a, we have a great script. We have two of the producers, Steve Scafidi and Ole Sassone in uh, New Orleans that we're working with, uh, very experienced. We are uh, looking for funding right now, and we do have uh, several parties that we're talking to. Uh, Joe is spearheading that. And uh, – Let's put it this way. Right now, the ball is really starting to roll, and um, things are looking really good for the project. Our goal, and we have a very aggressive goal, our goal is actually to release this film after next year's Super Bowl in Metro New York City. Um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a real finite goal that we, we still have. Would you say you're on track for that? I mean, it sounds like there's still quite a bit to do yet. Well, it's, it's funny. In uh, one thing, and, I, and I'm, fairly, I'm fairly new to this business. I was a screenwriter that hadn't got anything done. I heard about the story and I got involved, and this was, you know, a very fortunate break for me. But you, you can get a thousand no's when you get that yes you're looking for. Things go a thousand miles an hour after that. Things are going to go real fast. We have two filmmakers, Ole and Steve, in New Orleans, that know what they're doing, and things are going to really go fast. And we can shoot this film, edit it, and definitely release it still after next year's Super Bowl. Uh, any casting talk at this point, or are we still too premature for that? Um, yeah, it's kind of premature for that. Our, our, we talked, we went back and forth, uh, our four, four producers about that, five producers actually. Nick is uh, producing now too. Um, and we decided that first get the money, then you can make your decisions on the casting. Right. Yeah. I thought, perhaps, to me, you know, you could, you know, uh, you know, give us a little hit here or there about, you know, some big names or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we love us our, our exclusives. Oh, you had a scoop, you know? If we get the scoop, 
that's always helpful. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. No, just to tease you, and I don't want to jump in. He says I won't say anything. I don't want to make that, you know get too upset. We will, hopefully in the next week or in the next week or two weeks, we're going to have a couple pretty big announcements about the movie. That's excellent. That's uh, definitely great. Yeah, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Um, so, you know, is this a movie, guys, that, uh, you know, you hope to bring in a big star for, or do you think you're going to go more of, uh, you know, uh, some of these no-name people out there that have uh, tremendous talent? I don't know. What do you think, Joe? What's your point on that? <laughs> well, the, because the movie span, you know, from age 5 to 25, there's right. going to be a few people that play my dad. Uh, the the main star of the film will probably play, you know, say eighteen to twenty five. So it will be, you know, a younger actor, you know, more of a an up and comer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've got a, you know, a, maybe a, a list of of actors that could could fit that range. But you know, we haven't had any specific talks with them. Like Chris said, you know, our, our main goal right now is to raise raise the money, and then we'll worry about the the attachments. It's kind of the chicken or the egg in this industry you know everybody says oh you know, well are you fun when you talk to the agents of the actors it's are you funded no okay we'll call me back when you're funded and when you talk to the the money people it's oh do you have any attachments because that would really help get us get us get you the money it's, mm-hmm. no we're just, you know, so you, you're, you're one way or the other but our, our main goal right now is focusing on on the money if a big name actor young actor did step up and wanted to be involved then we would yeah. you know, obviously have those discussions but right now, it's all about getting the money. I've been all over the website, uh, unitedwestand.com. Uh, and what I like that I've seen here, uh, and maybe you can give us a bit of an update on this, is that uh, there appears to be a bit of a grassroots movement here. Uh, people can, as you, uh, you know, one of the links is join the team. Uh, you can get, I mean, the average Joe could contribute to this project uh, or jump in and, and help promote it in some way or another. Has there have you had great? Yeah, I wouldn't say great success, but obviously you've generated interest and you've generated hopefully some revenue from that. Yeah, we have had some people that have gone on to the website and donated uh, some money towards the film. One of the really cool things that we've we've done here is we've partnered with USA Football and the Gridiron Greats as our charitable partners. So if people want to make a donation to the film, that money is going to go into what we call the teammate fund. And it's going to serve as an investment in the film just like any private investor would. But what we're going to do, all that money will then go into making the film. And the return on that money we will then um, donate to those two organizations. My dad was a big proponent of, you know, children. And he was also a big proponent towards the, the latter part of his life of making sure that you know, his NFL brothers that played back when he did, you know, mm-hmm. we hear all these stories now about uh, the dementia and all the different problems that these guys are having. And he was a big proponent of making sure that those gentlemen were taken care of. So you know, I'm just taking what, what he kind of uh, started and just, you know, playing it forward, and we're going to help help both of those groups out. Outstanding. Yeah, outstanding, absolutely. So, uh, you know, Joe, you know what, I have to ask you this. I was talking to Mike a little bit about this uh, pre-show, um, you know, and then Mike brought it to our attention is that, uh, you know, you know you're know, you not <laughs> old enough to have really been around for when your father had, uh, you know, some of his best years in the NFL. So, <laughs> when you know, what age were you and when did it hit you that, you know, wow, uh, you know, I'm growing up in the household and I'm the son of possibly one of the, you know, best athletes the National Football League has ever seen. 
Yeah, I was actually born in uh, 74, the year after he retired. His last mm-hmm. year was 73 with San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, growing up, he was always, you know, just dad to me. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, I obviously knew that I got to do some, some things that other kids didn't, but he, all, he also told us, you know, again, very early on that, hey, you know, with with this last name that you have, it can be a blessing. It can be a curse. You know, he mm-hmm. he put a lot of work into establishing, you know, his, his name, and he told us, you know, it doesn't take long to screw it up. So be cognizant of where you are, what you're doing at at all times. Yeah. Um, because if you do get in trouble, it's not going to be a bunch of kids got in trouble. It's going to be Johnny Nice's son, and it's going to be over the you know, over the radio right. and a newspaper and everything else. Yeah. But. At the end of the day, you know, I never looked at him as this superstar quarterback. He was, you know, my dad that you know would do anything he could for me to, to you know, help me grow and, and mature as a, as a young man. And then, you know, later on in my life and, and to where I am now, I, I still look back on all of the different things he taught me, even though he's been, you know, gone for over a decade now. And he, he was a great, great dad and, you know, helped help me get to where I am now without a doubt. Yeah. Obviously, Joe, a lot of the since you you know wrote the screenplay for this, a, a lot of this is sprinkled with stories you remember and recollections of things that he probably told you. One of the things that you're quoted as saying on the website is that your father probably wouldn't want a movie made; that he would say something to the effect of nobody would want to go and see that. Uh, yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask you this question. Uh, one of the things you point out is that he he obviously uh, had. I, I wouldn't say necessarily I, – I don't want to necessarily say – I wouldn't read it as resentment, but it, it was very clear to him that people didn't give him a shot because of his size, and you know he had a, a, a big road that he had to climb there, a, a big mountain. Was there ever any resentment? No. No, he uh, – you know, his – I mean, he, the only, I think the only time, and I never really talked specifically to him about it, but the only time that he probably got mad was when he got cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers because okay. he never really got the actual opportunity to, you know, compete in the training camp. He right. spent most of his time playing with, you know, Art Rooney's children who are now the owners, you know, of, of the team. So that was really the only time that he, he probably got really mad. And it's funny because the, there's a story that once they cut him, uh, the Art, Art Rudy's sons wrote Art Sr. a letter and said, you guys just made a huge mistake. You got rid of the best quarterback on the roster. Wow. Wow. Uh, see, that's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, so you know, they had a knife for talent way back then. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, you know, basically, you know, us as fans, Mike and I were both fans. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm in the same boat as you, Joe. I, I didn't get the, uh, you know, satisfaction of being able to watch your father play. But being a sports fan, I mean, who doesn't know Johnny Unitas? I mean, from what we've seen in his in his older years, uh, you know, the kind of guy that he was, was – was that your father even away from the cameras and away from football? Was that what we were getting on the field is what you got at home? Yes, he was very black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, you know na- nowadays we're, we're, we're not allowed to you know, really touch our children, but I, I got, uh, you know, 
plenty of reminders when I did things wrong. That's for sure. Uh, we all did. You know, he, he was he was raised. You know, he was born in 1933, and right. his father died when he was five years old, and he was raised by his mother along with his three other siblings, and she was working, you know, three jobs to keep uh, food on the table for the family. So, you know, it was very, very blue-collar Pittsburgh, right. and either, either you do things this way or or there'll be consequences for it. So, yeah, I would hear you. You know, he was, without a doubt, you know, a very loving and, and compassionate man. But, hey, you step out of line, there's going to be consequences. Yeah, Jonathan got around to the question I kind of wanted to ask. You did it a lot better than I would have, uh, Jonathan. I was going to say, you know what, because, you know, when you look at pictures of, of Johnny Unitas, he looks like a real – a kind of uh, drill sergeant type. I mean, with the haircut and the whole bit. I mean, so you know, one thinking the guy had to be a firm disciplinarian. So, uh, well, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, well, that, that, I think that's something that's lacking in today's society. You know, we all want everybody wants to be best friends with with their kids, and that's not your job as a parent. Your job is to raise them with you know discipline and, and good you know uh, morals and everything, not to not to be their best buddy. Right. So, I'm glad. I'm glad that I was raised the, the way I was because it, you know, this has been a six and a half year process to this point with this movie. And if I didn't, if I didn't have that discipline instilled in me at a very young age, maybe I would have given up already. But yeah. he didn't, and he taught us never to quit. So we're not going to until this thing's up on the screen and everybody can go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, and that's that United patience, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we all love that. So, all right, all right. So, you know, I'm sure we could talk to you guys for, oh, I, yeah, you I know, ages here. Uh, you know, because there's just so much to talk about. Uh, you know, with Johnny and 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 the movie and everything. So, uh, you know, really now, what is the next step? Is it is, is it getting that funding for the movie, and then it could just take off from there? Yeah, I was going to say, Chris, what can we what can we do, or what could the average person do to give you guys a uh, a hand with some of this. What, what's the best well, way to go about this? Uh, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, we're, we're out there in social media, so we're definitely on Facebook. If you just go Unitas, we stand on Facebook. The more likes, uh, more likes is still a big deal. So we're up to 1831 or something. I mean, we should be up at 10,000. So let people know about our Facebook page. Okay. Um, obviously, our website, we have the teammate section of our website. If they want a poster from this movie with their name on the top of the poster, we'll send it out. Uh, we're on Twitter, Unitas Movie is our Twitter handle, and then you have pictures of Johnny on there and you have comments. We really haven't hit that as much, but we could definitely be a little stronger on Twitter. We're even on Pinterest for the uh, ladies. You know, some of the ladies like the uh, football and Johnny Unitas, so we're on Pinterest. So we're all, we're all over the board there. Um, and, and I guess the next thing is just listen up because some things will be happening here shortly. And uh, somebody knows somebody. So if somebody out there knows somebody that would like to be involved in the Johnny Unitas movie, and Unitas we stand uh, let us know. So, you know, there's people out there that have money and have a lot of passion for Johnny Unitas, and this is definitely a grassroots movie. And if they want to be on board, uh, there's definitely contact information on the website. We'd love to talk to them. Yeah. That's great. And I also see, uh, you know, just before I let you guys go, Drew Brees and uh, former safety Steve Gleason, uh, they basically contributed to you guys to help out, huh? Yeah, well, they're, um, Drew, yeah, Drew. Tell, tell me about your journey, Joe. Yeah, Drew obviously broke my dad's 47 uh, straight games for the touchdown pass this season. Yes. And I had actually, I asked Drew if he would play my dad under the helmet in the 1958 team, uh, which he was 
honored that I that I asked him. But unfortunately, with Coach Payton coming back this off season, that he said, you know, it's something I would love to do, but I just can't because of the off season schedule. But yeah. he has said, you know, that if there's anything that he can possibly do to help out with the film, he is uh, he is more than willing to do so. So. Drew is an awesome, awesome guy. He reminds me a lot of my dad. You know, I got to spend some time with him earlier in the season and just as down to earth as he could be. He's all about, you know, being a father to his kids and, and you know, helping out his community down there in New Orleans. So uh, he, he's a, a really special guy in addition to being a, a good quarterback, obviously. That's amazing. That's great. You know, glad that uh, all, all these big guys can come out and help you guys. So, uh, you know, from our end, we'll definitely push this site. We'll try oh, yeah. people to uh, join your Facebook. We'll keep pushing it here from Fan Junkies. And, uh, you know, all we can right now is say thank you, Joe. Thank you, Chris, for uh, taking the time out of your hectic, hectic schedule. And I, and I know it is very busy to join us here today to talk about Unitas We Stand and also, Joe, for talking about uh, your father. And, uh, you know, seriously, we truly appreciate it. And it's been a real honor. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Yeah, if we can get you guys back on, you know, once this thing is released or shortly thereafter – I'll tell you a whole angle I would love to have gone into you into with is the whole Baltimore uh, angle because I know this guy is just positively revered by the Baltimore folk. Yeah, guys, we uh, we appreciate your time. We'd be more than happy to come back on. Uh, right. At any time, I appreciate your help and in, in helping spread the word of, about United We Stand. Great, absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, and uh, hopefully we'll talk in the in, in the near future. All, All the right, best. Great. All the best, and keep us in the loop. We'll make sure it gets out there as soon as we get the info. All right. Thank you very much. You got it. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Amazing, man. I, you know, awesome stuff to, you know, hear about. Uh, there's, so many different, there's so many different directions I could have gone with that, you know. But, uh, you know, I kind of felt that with the first interview here, we kind of needed to stick to the basics, you know, Jonathan. Well, but but to, to get into that whole Baltimore thing, and, you know, when he talks about uh, the whole Pittsburgh connection, you know, obviously, Johnny, you probably wanted to play for Pittsburgh. I mean, that's where he was from. He was drafted by the Steelers in the ninth round and then caught. Yeah. Uh, but then ended up with Baltimore, and for, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I, for as many times as I've been to Baltimore, and every time I go to Baltimore, it's usually has something to do with some sports-related thing that I'm doing down there. Those people down there in the Baltimore area just absolutely still talk about Johnny U like like you wouldn't believe. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I know from back then when it happened, uh, you know, the unfortunate and untimely passing of Johnny U that took, you know, everybody just, you know, off guard. And, you know, it was it was a real upsetting time for everybody. I know the Baltimore fans right away, they went out and did petitions to get the Ravens Stadium changed over to Johnny United's field. So, yeah. you know, right there and then shows you how much this guy is loved down in Baltimore still to this day. Yep. Um, since what? 1972 was his last season in Baltimore, I believe. So, I mean, wow. You know, know, so that's just amazing. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, Unitas We Stand, when it comes out next year, this is not just going to be something that relates to the history of the National Football League, but it's the entire life and it's the history of one of the finest athletes that we've ever seen in the National Football League. I mean, you're getting two things rolled up into one. And, uh, you know, just from talking to Joe and Chris Braun right now, 
you know, we, you know, we're going to see that we're going to get one hell of a movie. And, and let me tell you, Mike, I'm really looking forward oh, to seeing I, it. I, I'm going to tell you, I, as soon as it hits, I want to go out and see this one. I think it's interesting, too, uh, Jonathan, that they took it only up to a particular point, and they took it to that 1958 game. They're not taking it all the way up to Super Bowl V. That would have been the game that I think everybody would have thought that, okay, if there's an obvious place to end the movie, there would be the place to do it. Uh-uh. They're going to leave that alone. They're only going to take it up to that 1958 uh, New York uh, Giants game. Yes. That's good, man. That, that's, I think that's, it's I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a phenomenal approach. That's perfect. And you know, if anybody can help out, if you want to contribute to the funding, just go to unitedswestand.com, and like we said before, you'll join, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees and former Saints uh, safety Steve Gleason as basically, uh, you know, featured teammates for uh, the United Teammate Fund and helping this movie get up and running. Also, please follow Unitas We Stand on Facebook. Search for them. If you don't know how to search or find them, we will post them on the Fan Junkies Facebook site as well as FanJunkies.net later on today. And also at Unitas Movie on Twitter. Follow them. Really keep up with this. This is going to be just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Once again, thank you to Chris Braun and Johnny's son, Joe Unitas, for joining us today. It was a real, real pleasure. So. Certainly was. Absolutely. Now, uh, you know, let's. Uh, you know, I hate to get off it because honestly, I wish we can get them back on and continue to talk about it. I know. <laughs> so many questions. Uh, you know, definitely have to talk to them again in the future. But absolutely, let's go over to baseball now, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know, man, I hate going from football to baseball, but whatever. <laughs> it, it's uh, you know, let's talk about this right now. Um, Mike Trout got a little bit of a pay raise from the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, man, I, I hate even saying that name. Um, you know, he was bumped up to $520,000 for the season after playing at $510,000 this season. Amazing season. He was a runner-up for the AL MVP. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal season. I called for him to be MVP, Mike, if you remember. Yes, I do. Yes, and uh, Mike Trout's agent is now upset with the Angels over the contract because he's making just $520,000 this season. Mike, I know you and I were talking a little bit about this a couple of days ago. Um <laughs> Let me throw out my opinion first, Mike, Go ahead. If, if I may. Yep. Um, You're afraid you won't be able to get it in. That's why. <laughs> no, 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 no. You always let me talk. You let me talk. It, it, you know, but I want everybody to see it from both ways. I want everybody to see it from a, a from a point that I'm a huge Mike Trout fan, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, when you sign a contract, you pay. For, you know, you play for the contract. When guys like Darrell Rivas held out from a contract, whatever, I don't like it. Yes. Does Mike Trout worth more to the Angels after if it was last season? Absolutely. Right now, we don't really know what we're going to get from Mike Trout this season, Mike, because you know you've heard of things: sophomore slumps, injuries, whatever. You know. So here's where I'm going with it: five hundred thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money, Mike. Yeah. A lot of money. Is Mike Trout worth more than five thirty? Possibly, but at the same time, I don't think any athlete is worth more than what they make these days. Um. He's got. He's going to get an extra twenty thousand dollars for next season. I got two opinions on that, Mike. Uh, as I told you before, we've seen a lot of one-shot wonders. Is Mike Trout going to be a one-shot wonder? I don't think he's going to be because I, you know, here's one a rare player that we've seen in a long time that loves the game of baseball. He plays his heart out, and let me tell you. If he keeps going the way he's going to go from last season, he's probably going to be one of the finest plays we're ever going to see in Major League Baseball history from now until who knows when. Um, okay, so now at the same time, we've seen players have, uh, you know, one good year, 
sign multi-million dollar contracts, come back and be absolutely nothing. Example, Marlon Bird. Example, Melky Cabrera. We're going to keep seeing that trend for a long time. I think the Angels are playing it safe here. Let's see what Mike Trout gives us his sophomore year. Can he duplicate the numbers he did? Or is he not going to duplicate but still be a very good player? He's making $20,000 more. If he has the same season this season coming up, Mike, you know the Angels are going to throw millions and millions and millions of dollars at this guy, and he's going to be an Angel possibly for the next 10 years, if not more. I don't see a problem with what the Angels did here. I see where the agent's coming from. I see where other fans are coming from based on contracts other players are getting. But I think the Angels are being smart here with what they're giving Mike Trout. Let's see what he can do in a full MLB season. And then after next season, if he gets anywhere near close to those numbers or becomes the stud everybody knows he can possibly be, guess what? Millions upon millions of dollars for a 10-year deal. We're going to see it, Mike. Now, I know you're not too happy with, with, the, with the raise that the Angels gave Mike Trout. Please tell us why. Well, you said a couple of things there, uh, Jonathan. First of all, uh, you know, let's see what he's going to be like with a full MLB season. Uh, let, let, let's back up the bus for a moment. As you pointed out, the guy was runner-up for uh, AL MVP, and that was with with a shortened season because of the uh, uh, because he had the injury. Now, the uh, he might be worth more than that. Uh, wait a minute, this guy is absolutely worth more than that. That's that's the other thing you said. The Angels are playing it safe. Uh, no, they're playing it cheaply safe. That's what they're doing. Uh, don't make you know this is a team that just signed Josh Hamilton for God's sake. Look, I'm not, I'm not in any way uh, proposing that Mike Trout should be making, uh, you know, five million dollars a year. Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, I'm not proposing. Well, he's going to be making more than that. And I understand, I understand yeah. that under the under the uh, current structure right now, the way things are, uh, all they have to offer him is the league minimum. I understand that. Uh, but you you could have moved it up just a little bit, just to, you know. Maybe not, you know, just twenty thousand dollars over the league minimum. Maybe, you know, maybe take it closer to that million dollar mark. Just to, just to say, send the signal. You know, hey, we appreciate what you've done. We recognize the kind of future that you're going to have. I'm absolutely one hundred percent in agreement with you. I think the guy's a very special character. I mm-hmm. think he's a very special player. And I very, very nice guy. Yeah. We're going to hear about Mike Trout for many, many, many years to come. I believe so. Uh, and I think that they could have done a little bit better than this. I think that when you say the Angels are playing it safe, I say they're playing it cheap. Well, I, I, you know what? You can look at it both ways. And, and, and you know what? They possibly are playing it cheap, but I also think they, they could be playing it safe. I mean, we don't know. We're not in the front office of the uh, you know Angels organization. Now, let me ask you this. Now, is them being cheap the main reason of why they only gave him $20,000 in salary, knowing what a special player he is and what a special player he can continue to be? Is that the only reason? No, yeah. it's also because they, they they can. I mean, let's get it straight. There's nothing that's binding them that indicates that they have to do more than that. Yeah. Now, if they turned around and, let's say, gave him a double raise and gave him exactly $500,000 raise on top of it, would you be happy with that? Yes. Yes. Then, then, then I, then I, then I don't have any complaints whatsoever. Okay. All right. Just wondering. So, we both know this, and we both can agree on this because we love to agree to disagree. But can we agree this after this season? Mike Trout's probably going to get a ten-year deal worth up the yin yang. 
uh, he will get a sizable deal. I'm not, I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to sit here today and, well, and listen, say, okay, it would be a ten-year deal. But in 139 games last year, 30 home runs and 83 RBIs. Mm-hmm. In a full season, he's going over 40 home runs and he's going way over 100 RBIs. Yeah, I, w- I would. Yeah, if you extrapolate it, you're probably he, right there. If he does that in 2013, bearing any injuries, bearing anything else that could happen, that's one full season. And then, honestly, if you look at his numbers from 2012 as well, if he was wasn't injured, he would have easily have done that. That's two full seasons now of 40 plus home runs, 100 plus RBIs, possibly one of the best starts we've ever seen in the MLB, right? I would agree, yes. So, do you think he's going to be making more money than, let's say, what they gave to Josh Hamilton? Uh, well, it, it, look, let's put it this way. It should certainly be comparable, particularly for somebody of the of the stature and the future that this guy's got. Yeah. This guy's got more of a future than Josh Hamilton does. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Look at, look at, he's younger, and, you know, absolutely, he's going to have a, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely, no doubt about that. But I mean, no. But even if you extrapolate, even if you extrapolate the front end numbers, mm-hmm. and you were to take them out to a career wise, this guy, this guy potentially could could beat out a lot of major major players that have ever played the game. Okay, so now they signed Josh Hamilton to a five year deal, and I believe the five year deal was like around one hundred and twenty five. Correct. Correct. Now is Mike Trout the kind of guy you turn around and say five years is not enough? We gotta lock this guy up even longer term, especially at his age. Are we gonna finally see that deal where it breaks some of those probably the biggest deals we've ever seen in MLB? Uh, I'm gonna tell you something. If there's a candidate where you could see it, it might be Mike Trout. That would have to be Mike Trout. I don't think you would be anybody else. Especially, well, because you know what? He's he's. Uh, uh, let's see. They brought him up the year before last for 40 games. Correct. Five home runs, 16 RBIs. You know, nothing, you know, really huge. Still decent in 40 games. Uh, if he would have continued that trend, uh, you know, definitely wouldn't have touched anything he did last season. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back, forty, you know, 139 games and just explodes. I don't think anybody expected that. Now we got H- H2O Willie in the chat room saying maybe a seven-year deal worth $75 million. I think that would be a travesty. I think if he gets oh. less on a seven-year deal... Then Josh Hamilton got in a five-year. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. How can you get five years, one hundred twenty-five to Josh Hamilton? You're going to do seven years for seventy, seventy million or seventy-five million to uh, to Mike Trout. Uh, wait a minute. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. I mean, listen. You know what you're getting. I'm Mike Trout. I'm walking. <laughs> listen. You know what you're getting with Josh Hamilton. You yeah. have to know what you're getting. Well, I don't know. Do you know what you're getting with Josh Hamilton? Seriously? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see why not. He's, he's been consistent over the last bunch of years. I, uh, yeah, okay. Bit of a head case, dude. You know. You case, know. but you know what? Look at that. You know, 100, listen, 130 RBIs in the injury season, only 54, but then came back with 100, almost 100 again, and then 128. You, you know what you're going to get with Josh Hamilton, but – is he going to play that way in, in, in Anaheim? Who knows? At the same time, you got a much younger Mike Trout, and you should know what you're getting after the last season. So he's got to be making more than Josh Hamilton. I think if he doesn't make more than Josh Hamilton starting the season after next, I really don't know what to say. I, I, I think I would be speechless. I agree with you. I would be absolutely speechless. I agree with you. But 
anyhow, there, there, that's our that's our story. On that, one. that deal, you would think one of Hamilton or Albert Pujols is going to have to go. Mm-hmm. They'd be able to give him that max deal yep. with Pujols and Josh Hamilton around. I don't think he can. Uh they it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And let's say you know, let's say this too, when Trout was in the lineup, Pujols was a better player. Because remember how bad he looked in Anaheim is uh Well the first year the year he looked he looked terrible. Yeah, but that's that's you know, I, I I'm you know, that was first year. That was first year. No, first year slow start, but at the same time, you know, the guy's been in the league since two thousand one. Is that looking like a trend there? But I mean he still had a great season, so Let's you know. Let's take a phone call real quick. We got somebody from the five one six area code. What's going on? How you doing, guys? This is Bill from Long Island. How you guys doing today? All right. How are you, Bill? Doing good. Bill. I think you guys are missing the boat with the with the Trout contract. Sure. He he's not arbitration eligible for the next three years or so. That would be correct. Yeah. And then he has two arbitration years and then a free agent year. Hmm. So if you offer him a contract starting this year. Okay. You buy out his rookie. I mean, he's only making five hundred thousand. Yeah. So conceivably, he could make five hundred thousand this year, maybe six hundred thousand the next year, and maybe a million the next year. And then, what is he going to get in arbitration? I mean, the highest dollar amount ever in arbitration was like fifteen or sixteen million, and that was with uh, Ryan Howard a few years ago. So Correct. why wouldn't a seven-year deal worth maybe seventy million dollars, where he gets more money up front? And then he can hit the free agent market and be a complete free agent at age 28. And when maybe, su- Bill, when are you suggesting that that offer be made next year? Well, if they think he can play now, then then you maybe you can make it. Maybe you can maybe even shorten it. Maybe maybe go six for sixty. Maybe make it at the All Star break this year. Well, when you've got a teammate like Josh Hamilton getting a 125 over five, how's the agent going to justify this? You're still buying out two RB. You're buying out his two RB years. You're buying out his two minimum years. Where he only has to make five hundred thousand dollars. It's the same concept that worked with Evan Longoria down in uh, in Tampa Bay, when he was his after his first year, and it, you know the market was a little bit different, and he did take less. He was only due to make maybe three or four hundred thousand at the major league minimum. He took a five-year deal worth seventeen million dollars off the bat, just to make sure he had money in his pocket. And then when he hit that age twenty eight, twenty nine, he still got his hundred million dollar contract. <clears throat> right. All right, now, all right now, but now look at it this way: with the Angels, you got a bunch of aging guys there right now. Pools is going to be done eventually. Hamilton's going to be done eventually. Mike Trout is the guy you're going to want to keep around. Now, are they going to want to take the chance of letting him go to the free agent market? In so six you, or seven years, you don't years? have to answer that question right now. You don't really know. I mean, he has the potential to be a great play down the line. Well, which is what I said in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the argument you're making, Jonathan. Yeah, and that's the yeah that's the argument I I, I was making is right. we don't know what we're going to get from Mike Trout next year. So. so so why do I so why does your co-host argue that he should get more than Josh Hamilton? Okay. It, it's kind of it's kind well, of a well, grand fan you know a kind of a fair yeah. deal for both parts. Trout makes some money up front. And uh, Angels buy some stability. I mean, they have, if they average it out, they'll make that. You know, they'll have their center fielder of the of the world for the future. Yeah, we're well, 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 for the next six years. Yeah, we're we're also talking about him getting more than Howard. Uh, excuse me, uh, Hamilton. If he strings off consecutive seasons like he's doing now, you know, he keeps consistently to put up high numbers like that. Would he be a player that could be worth more than the Josh Hamilton? And if he keeps, he, he up, could very well be in the future. But if you were Trout, why would you take that risk? Because now you basically, with the, with the, without a contract like that, 
he's on five one-year deals in a row. Because yeah. that's what arbitration, you know, inevitably is. Right. I mean, does he really want to go five one-year contracts in a row? I I wouldn't want to. No, right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. But, you know, that's what the future holds, and that's what we're saying here. Is is he going to be that type of player? Is he not going to be that type of player? I'm okay with the raise that they gave him. I think he needs to, you know, one year. We've seen a lot of players come in and do, uh, have a great one year and then disappear or just not live up to the hype of that first year that they had. I think that's up for the Angels to decide. I think I think, they, what, now, what did he make last year? $450,000, give a give take? Five, uh, it was 510 Okay, so let's say you you showed some good faith a little bit early on and say, you know what, Mike, you were a great addition to the team. Here's a million dollars this year. I think a little five hundred thousand dollars in good faith this year might save tens of million dollars on the back end. I mean, if he, I mean, he was what was he second in the MVP voting? Yes. Yep. And I mean, you know. Guys, the guys got to make them. I mean, you know, it's nice to be on a team. It's nice to finally make it to the major league, but it is a business. And you know what? Five hundred ten thousand dollars, you know, is a lot more money than most people make in this world. <laughs> it's my argument. Yeah, I agree. I agree but, with that. You know what? In this world, you're supposed to get what you're worth, and he is so far undervalued right now. It's scary. And you oh. know what? Something like this could be beneficial to both ends. I think the Angels were a little bit cheap here. It it could benefit both, or at the same time, it could hurt because when they look back at it, Mike Chalk could say, well, you know what? They didn't take care of me, you know, those first few years. That's my point. (laughs) But that's that's my point. My point point is then that they've been cheap on the front end right now, and wouldn't it just be better for the purposes of of, um, uh, good faith? Just give them a little bit more just to say, look, Hey, you're doing a great job. We're going to be right there with you the whole time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I think we agree, but when you mention that Josh Hamilton number, that's a little silly right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we were talking about in four to five years if he could be worth something like that. And, you know, if he continues to do what he's doing, absolutely. I think anybody would be. So, all right, well, now, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Take care. Got to love it, man. I love when the uh, callers come in and, you know, they – they know the game, you know. Bill knew a lot of stuff there. Thank you, Bill, for calling. We appreciate that. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, good stuff. All right, man. A little over two minutes here, so basically that's the end of our show. We had a couple other things to get to, but if nothing is uh, happening Wednesday, we'll get to that. Get them on Wednesday, yeah. Uh, Wednesday show, we're gonna have Philadelphia dot com writer Frank Close on yep. live from Clearwater, Florida. He will be at the Bright House Field where the Philadelphia Phillies will be playing, so he'll be calling in right before that show. We're going to talk to Frank about the current state of the team, the roster, who could potentially step up and be a leader, which we spoke with Frank about the last time, but now that we have a few spring training games underneath their belts, we'll find out more about that. Well, the big question mark is, uh, you know, who's going to be leading off? Who's going to be leading off? Yep, that's the big question in Philadelphia. All right, so that's going to be good. So we'll have Frank with us live Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern time here on Junkies Radio. Going to be a good show. We look forward to that. We also have NHL week coming up real soon. We have some guests. We're still working on some potential. It's a good show. Yep. Uh, also, FradHouseSports.net. Check out our very own Mike McShane, Fradhouse Mike, over there with Sidekick and the other and, and the other members of the gang. Five minutes at the Frat House was just up Thursday. Check it out. Going to be some good stuff. Tomorrow, Wrestle Chat Radio right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network with Brooklyn Daniel, Jim Williams, and myself. Going to be a good show talking some professional wrestling. We always have good times on Tuesdays. Check it out, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 
here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. And as always, thank you listeners, for calling in and making us what we are. We appreciate it. And also want to throw out another special thank you to Joe Unitas and Chris Braun of Unitas We Stand at UnitasWeStand.com. Feature film coming out about legendary NFL quarterback Johnny Unitas coming out next year. It's going to be great. We are looking forward to that here at Fan Junkies Radio, big time. So anyway, for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Thank you so much, and we'll see you tomorrow on Wrestle Chat Radio here on Fan Junkies Radio Network. Catch you then.